0: Welcome back to Grid Iron Gamble. I'm your host, your sick host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective, the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara, and Donnie DP Peters. Brett is on a family road trip. I was going to say several IPAs deep, but I don't think so because he might be behind the wheel at this juncture, and we know we know Brett to be one of the more responsible humans on planet Earth. So if he is Indeed, at 10 and 12, or 10 and 2, excuse me, the sickness creeping in there. He is certainly not IPA's deep. Uh, Donnie is coming to us from his regular location, and Mo, as witness protection as ever, is coming to us from some shady basement in Wisconsin, but has never sounded better. Mo, t- give the world some some crispy sound from this the random basement you're in in Wisconsin. Coming to the world from Janesville, Wisconsin. Listen to how Listen. crispy he is, ladies and gentlemen. This is how dedicated I am to the the fans. <laughs> DP, how are you? I, I I missed work yesterday. I'm going to miss work today. And I I missed. Someone brought pie, and I missed it. I missed ski pie.
1: Yeah, no. It was, I mean, it was pie. It was banana cream pie, which is oh. my personal favorite. Um, every 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 uh, every Thanksgiving and every Christmas, my grandma makes me my own banana cream pie because she know how much I love her banana cream pie. So uh, when our colleague brought in that banana cream pie, I went bonkers, had three pieces. Probably should never do that again, but it is what it is, and we're just living the ski life out here. Ski life. Wait, so
0: your own pie. I I imagine you tying your hands behind your back at Thanksgiving and just going face first into this thing. Uh,
1: Pretty much. It usually involves me eating about half the pie at dessert time. And then at about one a.m., I'll stumble down to the refrigerator, uh, and I'll eat the other half. I'll just take it out. I'll put it on the on the island in the center of the kitchen, and I will just stand there and eat the pie with a fork. I won't bury my head into it, Rich. I'm not that much of an animal. Not, not, uh, but but I will sit there and I will eat it right out of the container that it was made in.
0: Nothing like post cocktail ravaging dessert or junk food. One of uh, one of my biggest. Uh, one of the things I miss most about being an adolescent is just eating horrifically from the hours of 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. All right, so what we... do you mean? There's adults who do that shit. <laughs> yeah.
2: Man, when I lived with uh, with uh, Marty over in during the summers, man, that guy eats like a 15 year old. It's <laughs> unbelievable. One time uh, they had me go to Sonic, and he got me. This was him and Mickey both needed. All the ice cream. Literally and all of it. I, yeah, I brought back a massive icy for Marty and a massive Sunday. And he piled them both. It's just like, what the hell, man? How can you do that shit?
0: That's amazing. So no Bert today, but little teaser from Bert in the Skype chat. He is going to go all fantasy on his two segments of four downs. So be on the lookout for that at Gridiron Gamble. Dot com. We've got Mo's Moose of the Week up there, which Donnie and I talked about on the Recap Podcast, which we hope you go back and listen to if you haven't already. And in addition to that, if you could rate, review, subscribe if you haven't already, we would appreciate it. That helps us a ton. We are just four guys trying to grind this thing out, and any support, love that you give will make a tremendous difference. So we appreciate all of you listeners for, uh, for helping us out there. DFS, DraftKings. First thing we do each week is look at the implied team totals. And we got some big ones this week, mainly because there are so many big favorites this week. And we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons, who are double-digit favorites at home against the Miami Dolphins. They have an implied team total of 2925 We go a little bit west from there to Houston, Texas, where Deshaun Watson and the Texans are double-digit favorites, so I guess nine and a half now in some places, against the Cleveland Browns. They have an implied team total of 28 and a half. And then if you go way up northeast to Rutherford, New Jersey, the New England Patriots are huge favorites on the road against my fighting Jets And the Patriots have an implied team total of 28 and a half. A smidge below them at 28 and a quarter are the Washington professional football team. The racial slurs are, again, double-digit favorites at home against the Niners. So the Falcons, Texans, Patriots, and racial slurs projected to score the most points this weekend. Let's get into stacks. That's where we start when it comes to a projection standpoint, our picks, and we'll kick it over to DP first. I was excited to hear that both of you have a ton of selections this week. Hopefully, we can fill the void
1: with Burt Minotti gone. So, DP, give us some stacks. Lead us off. So, I've got two stacks I'm looking at this week. Uh, I think they bring a good combination of high upside and low ownership. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be off of these, these two groups of players um, because they've They've sucked in the past couple weeks and uh, also both of them allow for uh, a pass catching option at running back, which I think is a huge different difference maker that a lot of people overlook uh, on a site like DraftKings. Uh, first up, I have uh, Carson Palmer and the Cardinals passing attack. Uh, you got Larry Fitzgerald, 6,800. Uh, Jerron Brown, who I still think is the better of the Browns in the passing game, is at 4,900. And then if you want to get the pass catching back in there, that's Andre Ellington, 5,300. I would not be scared about the Adrian Peterson trade at all. The Card- Cardinals have looked like a total disaster. Uh, they're coming home. Uh, and they absolutely need to turn it around. Um, I mean, they even if they lose the game, which I kind of think that they're going to do, I mean, the team is just a total joke. Um, they can still throw the ball. They can still put up some points. Uh, they can still, you know, register receptions, register yards, that sort of stuff. Uh, they're playing a, a pass defense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that is ranked 27th in pass defense DVOA and is giving up nearly 22 DraftKings points to opposing QBs uh, per game. So they are likely to, to you know, give up points, give up high scores. And Carson Palmer is somebody who, although he does look old, he does look like he should be retiring and put out to pasture. Uh, he can still sling it. And uh, Bruce Arians is somebody who's not going to hold back at all. He's going to let it fly. And then the other team I'm looking at is uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers passing attack. I mean, after that five interception performance last week, I don't really think many people are going to be clicking on him. Also, you have to factor in that uh, Le'Veon Bell 9,600, Antonio Brown 9,300. I mean, they've had good games, but I, I want to say that the the smear that is on big Ben might rub off to them with their high prices. So not too many people will be clicking them. Plus there are a lot of really other good chalky options out there. I think people are going to gravitate towards. Um, And, and like I just said earlier, uh, similar reasons to, uh, to the Cardinals, you know, big Ben's look like crap. He's got to turn it around. Sometimes I have a feeling big Ben could come out and throw four or five touchdowns in this game, as opposed to four or five interceptions like he did last week. Uh, You can also work in Martavis, Bryant and Juju Smith Schuster, uh, both much more affordable options. And and despite as good as Kansas City has been, um, they are undefeated. They do look really good. They look like the best team in the NFL right now. Um, they're still giving up more than 21 uh, drafting points to opposing team quarterbacks. So there could be a lot of uh, high scoring game or a lot of scoring in this one. Uh, and I like the Steelers passing offense. Yeah, Martavis is a nice devil play. He has not performed over the last couple of weeks,
0: much like the entire Pittsburgh Steelers offense in the last three weeks, Martavis' DK output, 5, 7.8, and then 7.1. I mean, really, since the only play he made all season that was worth a damn was the long touchdown at home against the Vikings. Other than that, he's been a bit of a disaster, which is the best time to roster him in Daily Fantasy because people might be off him. And then Ben as well. I mean, this is total narrative gate. We, we had Ben himself saying that he just might not have it anymore. But of course, Ben is a flair for the dramatic, so he loves this kind of stuff, and it could be a good bounce-back spot. I don't think the Chiefs matchup is is a great one, but, I mean, Mo, you've said it all along, Andy Reid's starting to go for the throat. This team's a lot more aggressive than we've seen before, so I don't think a shootout is out of the question with two, these two offenses going against each other. And then the Cardinals pick, I really love that pick. The the Bucks. I mean... Aren't we a couple weeks removed from Case Keenum just shredding the Bucks on the road? Uh, I know that uh, they're actually practicing a little bit, but we still have uh, Quan Alexander and Geno Atkins uh, ailed with injuries. Levante David is also ailed with an injury. So these guys are playing, but they're playing banged up. And, yeah, nobody is clicking Carson Palmer at that horrifying Philadelphia game. But, I mean, even Carson's game would have been fine had... Uh, J.J. Nelson not fumbled at the goal line. He would have gotten another touchdown, and he just keeps doing it from a yardage output. He's on pace to break Matt Stafford's pass attempts record for a season. I believe that record's 729, so he's on pace to blow through that right now. So the volume's always going to be there with Palmer, and uh, that defense is pretty suspect. Mo, give us some stacks. Well, along the same lines of what Donnie did,
2: I have to tip my cap to you on the Steelers pick. I have to say, that is a pick I do not see anybody being on. Uh, Another one that I looked at that I I also think, because they've sucked recently, is the Raiders. Uh, I love a nice triple stack here on the Raiders. Just go all in. You're getting significant discounts on Derek Carr, who is... I believe, what is he, 5,900? Yeah, he's 5,900 at home against the Chargers. The Chargers have been quite mediocre on defense so far. Um, Their pass D is, I believe, ranked 12th. Um, Just overall, a little bit of a disappointing defense. So we got Carr, 5,900, coming back from injury. I think a lot of people are going to be leery there, especially with the nature of the injury and the fact that he's coming back After only one week missed. Uh, And then looking at players to stack him with, I think you can just go with a double stack and just push all in here. Uh, Crabtree, only 5,800. And then the really interesting option, of course, it's Amari Cooper. Another red name. He's got a Q by his name. Uh, Price at only 5K in a nice matchup here. You know, he, he can't just keep being this bad. Too much talent here. Uh, this game, there's no line out yet. Uh, when I checked last night and I was doing all my prep. But uh, I think we can safely assume this is going to have one of the highest totals of the week. Likely north of 50. Uh, no lower than 49. I just can't see it lower than 49. So, uh, I think uh, you can get it, the Raiders at it's a low ownership spot here. Any other stacks to report, Mo? Or are you all in on Oakland? And no, I was also looking at an interesting stack that I think could be lower owned than it should be is the slurs. Uh, we got Kirk Cousins, and I think a lot of people are definitely going to want to click Kirk Cousins. He is 6,800 in you know, relatively on the expensive side, but in pretty much a dream matchup at home against Washington where you know he's going to put up points. The question is, who do you stack Cousins with? Now, I think the preferred target for most people, myself included, is Jordan Reed. But the Niners have actually been really, really good against tight ends this year somehow. I'm not sure if that's just a small sample fluke or what. But I think if you wanted to pivot, there's options... In first of all, Jamison Crowder, he's 4K. Okay, this guy started out the year at like 6,500. I mean, I think when you're getting that much value off a guy who has talent and is coming off of a putrid week, what did he have? One target for minus seven yards, I believe. Uh, you can you can sack him with Crowder, uh, and you can make it a triple sack. You can throw Chris Thompson in there instead of Crowder. You can throw Chris Thompson in there in addition to Crowder. And uh, also you can try Terrell Pryor. He's 5,700. San Francisco, number 28, according to Football Outsiders, in the league against WR1s. Um, You know, Pryor, he has been disappointing somewhat, but I think it's been a little overblown. Like, I think he's been better than people think. Like you look at his stat sheet, he's got two weeks of twelve plus DK points of production, but I think the perceived, like the perception of him, is is really low. So I don't see that many people clicking on him, even though this is pretty much a dream spot. Um, and you know what, what really makes me really want to put these Redskins, sorry, sorry, rich racial slurs. <sighs> Uh, stacks over the top is it looks like Rob Kelly's not going to play. So even if they're up, I just don't, what are they going to do? I just don't see them doing anything but throwing the ball.
0: Yeah. And we, as much as I, I, at least I wanted to like P Ryan coming out of Oklahoma. He's been a disappointment and Chris Thompson just doesn't have the body type to carry the ball throughout the game. So they're going P. to have Ryan to... is horrifying. Yeah. P. Ryan's not good. So they're going to have to throw the ball. I, I like the Crowder call, uh, he was like a mid-round darling coming into the season. He was a guy, he definitely overperformed last year, especially from a touchdown output standpoint, but he's a nice little player. And he's one of the reasons why they were so comfortable departing with Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. So I still think Jameson's a nice little player. He's a, he's really good in space, can catch the ball and make plays. And yeah, and even the coaching staff was saying they need to get him to rock more. Yeah. And you bring up the tight end thing. I'm looking at now football outsiders. What is this? Teams are only getting eighteen point seven yards from their tight ends against yeah. San Francisco. So like what? on that one, I looked
2: up uh like I saw that the uh the slurs were number or the, the Niners were number one in uh least points allowed to tight ends on you know, you can just plainly see that on the DK client. But I'm like, okay. This might be one of those situations where people are just behind or people are just ahead against this team and, and then therefore they're just not throwing that much. Uh, so they're just getting ran on a lot maybe and this is just like a function of uh, volume. So I can check Football Outsiders, you know, maybe this is just volume and like on a rate basis because that's how they do a lot of their stats is like on a rate basis. You know, maybe they're still giving up. And then they're just miles number one. (laughs)
0: 18.7 yards per game to tight ends. They are performing 98% better than the mean. Yeah,
2: 98%. So I I don't know. You know, it's weird. I just, when when I think of of defenses that are going to clamp down on tight ends, I think elite safeties, you know? Like Eric Berry has always been just outstanding for the Chiefs. But uh, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where the elite safety is on this Niners team. So I, I don't know where this is coming from. This could be a small sample fluke. um. So I wouldn't really be afraid to click on Jordan Reed. I, I don't really see that many people clicking on him just because he's been so uh, unreliable this year with the
0: injuries. I'm going to go super weird with my stack. I guess it's not that weird. Oh, shocker. Rich
1: is going weird.
0: I, I, I guess it's not that weird. I'm going with uh, Cade. Cadenham boys Patriots still last in the NFL according to DVOA on defense Uh, they are 32nd against the pass performing 46% worse than the mean no Matt Forte it looks like and now Bilal Powell shows up with an injury that might uh, take him off the field we know Elijah McGuire is a nice little player but he can't take a full workload So I think, and it's the Patriots in the other side of the ball who are going to be uber aggressive and push the ball downfield. So I think the Jets will have to counter. I think there's really only two people that you can stack Cade with. Maybe three if you want to get ASJ in there. The Patriots have been subpar against the tight end. But I think it's Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson. And if you're too sick to your stomach to go triple stack here, which you probably should be, I prefer Robbie Anderson. He's neck and neck with Jermaine Curse in terms of targets Uh, 27 to 28 but Anderson is the deep threat he's the guy that caught the long touchdown against Jacksonville uh or excuse me uh the long touchdown in week uh, I forget which week it was but he caught the long touchdown and then he caught the 40 yarder against Jacksonville which was followed up by that horrific uh screen pass fumble so he is the deep option if you're going to get a big splash play it's going to come from Robbie Anderson. Uh, but Jermaine Curse is going to do most of his damage underneath. Jermaine Curse is the guy who's going to go for like 8 for 80, and you hope he falls in for a touchdown, where Robbie's going to go 3 for 120 in a touch, hopefully, at his apex. So I do not hate a Jets stack here against Donnie's woeful Patriots. What do you think about that, and, DP?
2: No, I like the Jets here. Uh, I, I just want to know real quick, Rich, as a Jets fan, how— how is uh, McGuire doing as a pass catcher?
0: I think he's phenomenal. Uh, Josh Norris, fellow Elon alum, said that of the post-first and second-round running backs that Maguire profiled at his, his favorite back at an NFL level in terms of his ability to stay on the field for all three downs, running between the tackles, and catching the ball. And he's just got... So, Bilal, I think Bilal has really good vision, but he's not a superior athlete. He's a bit of a... Uh, a ham and egger as Chris Harris would say he always hits the right hole but he never has the burst to make a big play I mean even on the big play against the Jaguars he just kind of he made a right he made the right decision and then nobody tackled him so he just got up and ran for the touchdown whereas McGuire man he's got this burst to him where it's not just straight line speed that he has to get up to it but he has a quickness that if he can make one cut he can make a guy miss and then just get you seven yards. And then, of course, if he does get into the open field, he does have breakaway speed. So he's got that two-punch that two combo. So I think he is he's your typical NFL back, guy who can catch, guy who can run between the tackles. And uh, I think he's miles better than both Powell and Forte, and I'm glad he's getting a shot. So he's interesting, too, if he can catch a bunch of passes here. I mean, he's literally going to be the only option. And I don't think that Elijah McGuire is going to be chalk on DK. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I just don't think the world's been exposed to something Elijah McGuire. All right, DP, back to you. Do you have any naked QBs, standalone QBs that you like this week?
1: Yeah, I got three of them. I came prepared. Come on, man. Let's go. Uh, one, my boy. I'm. I'm gonna stick with him until he proves me wrong. Deshaun Watson, 6,700. I know his price keeps uh, trickling up a little bit, but he keeps proving that he is a fantasy goldmine. I expect more of the same this week against the Cleveland Browns. You know, I continue to like Watson uh, by himself as opposed to stacking him, uh, largely because I think that the stack option is more chalky. So I can put Watson in my lineup alone, uh, avoid stacking him with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and and hopefully get more of a unique combination uh, after that. Uh, the Browns are giving up more than 21 points uh, on DraftKings to opposing QBs and their 31st and pass defense DVOA. Uh, and with the Texans having, you know, I think you said it was 28 points or a little bit higher for a team total projected team total this week. Uh, I'm very uh, happy to, to roster some Deshaun Watson who can give me points both on the ground and through the air. Uh, another person I'm looking at other side of the ball, Kevin Hogan, a uh, little bargain shop in here, but I think Kevin Hogan is a fairly athletic QB uh, you know, more so than I think people profile him as um, so he can give you some points on the ground if he needs to, but more, more importantly, he can simply roll out, get out of the pocket, keep plays alive, and make stuff happen. The Texans are giving up more than 20 drafting points to opposing QBs. Um, and as a double-digit underdog that the Browns are, or if they're down to 9.5, still close enough, uh, they have to play up-tempo, they have to stay with The other team, Houston. And uh, you have Watt and Merciless out. So that pass rush is going to be hindered a little bit. And also uh, with Merciless out, hopefully that opens up some of the passing game uh, with David Njoku and Duke Johnson. I wanted to stack this game, um, but I left it out. You know, I just felt like, you know, I had two really good stacks, but it doesn't mean I won't stack this game a little bit. Uh, There's a lot of good passing options I think that you can get really devilish with uh, on the Brown side, uh, Duke Johnson being one of them. Uh, Ricardo Lewis, Rashad Higgins, David Njoku. You guys are probably wondering who the hell those names are that I'm rattling off. Um, and you can even go a little bit uh, with the not trying Kenny Britt if you want to. If he comes back from injury this week, he did practice uh, yesterday. So uh, he that's a decent play as well with Kevin Hogan. And then your boy, Rich, I didn't want to stack him. Josh McNown, a.k.a. Cade. I have no idea where the ball is going to go in this game, but it has to go somewhere. And the Patriots defense, I mean, Rich Woeful is a compliment. It is a fucking joke. Um, I have no idea what they're doing back there, and I expect the Jets to have to just throw, throw, throw. Hopefully they do. Um, it, it. I mean, if I'm going to connect some dots that are pretty far apart, it's the fact that Todd Bowles is supposed to be tanking. He's not tanking, so hopefully he'll actually pass in this game as opposed to running like he has in years past. Um, so that's all I'm going to say on that. Josh McNown, I don't know where the ball is going to go, but let's go. Todd Bowles trying to keep his job. He's trying to win. The organization might be trying to lose, but Todd Bowles is trying to stay employed. How crazy is it that the Jets are probably already out of getting for the first overall pick? Yeah, because there's 3 and five teams. Standard Jets. This is how we roll. We're gonna go.
0: Rich called this from square one. Yeah, five and eleven. Remember that? Five and eleven, six and ten, and not get a good draft pick. <laughs> Standard Jets. I real quick. Kevin Hogan is my standalone quarterback as well. His price is super juicy, and he has almost a better run upside than Kaiser. At least he has so far. He's got seven yards per attempt, whereas Kaiser's down at four and a half. So even though he's the little white guy, he can run, and he does run, just as much as Kaiser. And without Merciless and Watt, there's going to be a lot more freedom than expected against this Texans team. And I don't know. I, I still don't know why this line is so high. It's just baffling to me. I think the Browns can put up points. And I think Hogan's looked fine. Uh, how long was he at Stanford for, Mo? Was, was Kevin Hogan at Stanford for 15 years? Or am I yeah, counting he was off? a starter
2: for like four years. <laughs> That's
0: crazy. Uh, you got any standalone guys?
2: I also circled Kevin Hogan. I mean, 4,600. So he's basically free. He's up against the Houston defense without Merciless and Walt, like, Donnie already outlined and Donnie, are you saying he's getting a little bit racially profiled?
1: Oh, shocker, right? In this world.
2: <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, you know, big white guy, but he can run a little four for thirty last game. Pretty good athlete. Uh I did want to make a couple notes uh of details about things we a couple players we just talked about. Donnie said he didn't think he would want to stack with nuke. Because he would be super chalky, and I think he's right. Uh, Just looking at throwing out these fantasy lab projections, I'm looking at um, they have Nuke as the number one owned wide receiver this week. So yuck, that is an accurate read. Yuck. yuck, And then Balal Powell or not Balal Powell, Elijah McGuire. uh, They actually have him relatively chalky. They have him in the nine to twelve percent range, not like super
0: high owned, but not a guy that the field is going to totally avoid either i wonder how much of fantasy labs i wonder if they're sometimes in too much of a bubble
1: of there's no way nine to ten percent of people are clicking elijah freaking mcguire
0: it's it seems improbable right
1: it seems yeah I, i just i feel like this is the you know they're thinking too much inside the box instead of outside the box. In you know, in terms of the people that just fire up a couple lineups in the Millionaire Maker or whatever it is on Sunday and just you know blast off all the well-known players. Yeah, it seems
0: hot. I
2: mean the price is really nice, you
0: know. And then like I don't know.
2: I think people are looking to fade this Patriots defense.
0: We're we're just gonna need. I mean, as soon as Matthew Barry says the name, then people are just gonna flock. To- And start clicking. All right, before we get into the running backs, we need to step into the Blue Apron kitchen. Are you ready for dinner the Blue Apron way? Their chefs and farmers work together, making food more sustainable and recipes more delicious. And Blue Apron sends higher quality food at a better value. Once your Blue Apron shipment arrives, you get to cook incredible meals from scratch with perfectly portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes. This week's menu includes Cajun Spice Catfish with Roasted bark- Broccoli and Rimoulet Sauce and Brown Butter Gnocchi with Mushrooms and Chard. And get this, new chefs get $30 off their first order by going to our link, BlueApron.com slash GridIronGamble. That's $30 off your first order at BlueApron.com slash GridIronGamble. Support the collective and your stomach by going to BlueApron.com slash GridIronGamble gamble all right Mo we'll start with you on the factor backs here which running backs have you circled for week Six? First off I have a player that does look like he will be
2: chalky but I think you know Donnie was just talking about he's not sure if he agrees with some of the uh, ownership projections this is one I'm not sure I agree with Melvin Ingram he's 4400 he is far far too cheap Uh, In a matchup at home against what we still think is a poor Lions defense. They've rated pretty well thus far. I'm still not convinced Um, just based on their personnel. So many good factors here for me. Adrian Peterson, the corpse of Adrian Peterson, I should say, out of the way. Out of the way, off to Arizona, should open up a few more touches for my guy Melvin, who I do own in one season long, and come on guys, get him the rock. This guy, all he does is produce. You mean Mark Ingram or Melvin Gordon? You're saying Melvin? Oh, sorry, sorry, Mark Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. No, I was no, I was thinking of Melvin Ingram. Uh, you know, <laughs> our, our guy from the Chargers. Yeah. This fake Detroit. Fake good Detroit defense. I'm not convinced. Uh, and the big thing here, I think, is that everyone who clicks this game and clicks about, I think everyone's going to go for Kamara. He's been catching so many passes. He is also very cheap at 4,400. The Labs thinks both of these players will be very high owned, and it looks like they have them about in the same realm. But I, I do, I think Kamara is going to be more popular. So I think you can pivot a little bit to what could be really a better option here especially if the Saints are ahead, which they, you know, are likely to be at home here. Another spot I like is another, this one's a big favorite, and this is a guy the Labs also thinks nobody is going to have, they really, really think nobody is going to have this guy. It's Mike Gillisley. Talked about him a little bit before, a couple of weeks ago, he didn't come through for us. Um, he's priced at 5500 this week against the Jets. Patriots, big road favorites here i think you know in any spot where the patriots are big favorites whether it's deserved or not i'm not sure it is this week but there's always the chance gillis lee is going to fall into the end zone two or three times the jets are number 25 against the run so not the greatest run defense here and you know the patriots really showed that when they are ahead they're definitely willing to feed Lee plenty of carries. Uh, you know, they were up last week. He got 12 carries. He performed pretty well. And if some of those carries come inside the five, we could see some touchdowns here. Um, and the biggest thing here is Labs projects this one zero to 1% on. So they don't think anybody at all is going to click Gilleslie. And if nobody is clicking Lee when the Patriots are this big of a favorite, I think you got to mix him in a little bit.
0: Yeah, you just got to hope that he falls into the... We've been saying this all season. Lee's output is going to be very binary. He's either going to be trash or he's going to fall into the end zone a couple times. And this is a great spot, especially if he's going to be low-owned, to get him on your roster.
1: Totally agree. DP, any backs you got? So, I want to like a bunch of the chalk players, the really expensive players. I, mean, I think it's going to be hard to avoid... Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley. Um, they're super pricey. Um, they're going to be chalky, but I think you have to have a tiny bit of exposure to them just because they're playing such bad run defenses that I think they're going to have big games. At least the potential is extremely high for some very big games. But in order to counteract that, let's uh, you know get into some less chalky options. I like Duke Johnson. I mentioned him earlier. I feel like he's been another guy who's been fantasy gold lately. Um, just as a pass catching back out, out, you know, out of the backfield for, for the Browns. Um, and without uh, Wadden Merciless, like I touched upon before, I think his value goes up. Uh, another guy I'm looking at, uh, Mo. Sorry to go against your marketing Ingram, but I like Alvin Kamara. Um, I mean, Adrian Peterson out. Uh, I mean, not that it helps a ton, but he did take snaps away uh, from and getting Alvin Kamara in the game. Every time you put Adrian Peterson in the game, Alvin Kamara was likely not in the game. Um, so, and this is a high-scoring game, uh, a pass-catching back and a throwing offense. And like Mo alluded to, uh, this this Detroit off or defense is is a bit fake. So. I like Alvin Kamara there. And then another person, uh, Jay Ajahi, 5,700. I mean, I'm just I'm going to buy low on Jay Ajahi. I don't think that he's done anything all year. I mean, he had a decent first week or first game of the season, which was in week two. Um, after that, he's thrown up three total stinkers. Uh, I mean, his price has dropped every single week. It's down almost $1,000 uh, from last week's 6,600. And he gets to go against an Atlanta Falcons defense that is ranked 29th uh, DVOA, giving up nearly 30 points to the running back position of opposing teams. Uh, and if you know, if the Dolphins, granted they're they're big underdogs, they're on the road, they're in Atlanta, they're gonna have to put up points if they want to stay in this game. Honestly, I, as much as that counteracts what I'm about to say in the running game, you put up points in the passing game. I think you have to look to get your points from the running game in Miami because Jay Cutler and that passing offense looks like a complete total clusterfuck back there. Jay, or Jay Cutler is just, he's a clown. He's a joke. I could see him throwing up one or two interceptions this week and just being totally out of it again. I mean, he could not they couldn't get anything going the last couple of weeks, especially last week against the Tennessee Titans who have a horrible pass defense. So I look for the Dolphins to just ride, ride, ride the Jay train and Jay Ajahi and him to have a big, big week. Yeah, I wanted to love Jay Jai so much. If this game was in Miami, I would
0: love a Jai, but I'm so afraid of game flow there because if they get behind, I just can't see them pounding the ball with the Jai. And I love Atlanta in the spot. I think they're just going to wreck Miami, a Miami team that's looked about as bad as possible throughout the first five weeks, or at least their first four games this season. Yeah, I mean, look at the look
2: at the Dolphins' results. Game script has, has to really worry you here. Yeah. Jay Ajayi, 25 carries last week in a win. 28 carries in their first game in a win. 11 and 12 carries in their two blowout losses.
0: Yeah, that is very, very scary. On the other side of the ball, I'm interested in Devonta Freeman. Again, he's an expensive back that I think people are going to defer away from. He's got that red... Eighth next to his name, you can go one up and click Todd Gurley, who is only three hundred dollars more, but has a much juicier matchup against Jacksonville. Or you can defer down and uh, click any of the other players. So of the expensive backs, I don't think people are going to be clicking on Freeman. And I think again, I think he's totally matchup proof. I think he catches the ball tremendously out of the backfield, and in a game where they are projected the dominate their opponents, I think we get some great positive script here with where Freeman is just salting the game away and getting a ton of valuable touches against Miami. And then I'm interested in Ty Montgomery as well, who's right below Freeman uh, if you were to go. I think for the same reasons that Mo is interested in a... Oakland Raider stack with Carr. I think the injury is going to make people feel a bit queasy about clicking him, and I think this is our opportunity to take advantage of that. I will say Aaron Jones looked phenomenal last week, and the Packers would be foolish to not get him involved because of how good he looked. But I still think Tymon would have a role. I mean, he's just so good catching out of the backfield, and uh, he is has to be a little bit more trusted at this point than Jones because he's been there. For a year plus. So if Montgomery is to go. I like being a little bold. Going against the tough
1: matchup. And clicking on Ty Montgomery. Sticking with that game a little bit. What do you guys think of Jarek McKinnon?
2: Chalk at AF. Everyone is going to have him. Yeah. Chalk.
1: Okay, that's a. That's, uh, I wanted to like him. But that's what I thought. It left him off. I just wanted to get your guys thoughts on it. Seeing if I wasn't crazy or not.
0: Yeah. That big run. On Monday Night Football. I mean he looked miles better. Than Latavius Murray. Latavius just. I don't know, that guy's just never done it for me. And then Jericho's out there and busts that long run and is just crushing people on the sideline. He looks really good, Jericho McKinnon. Yeah, I think you got to
2: fade McKinnon just because he's going to be so high-owned. And um, it's definitely possible that most of the damage from the Vikings' offense in this game comes from their passing game. So I think it's a good spot to go for a
0: fade here. All right, let's talk about some pass catchers. Wide receiver position,
1: DP lead us off with some receivers. All right, I'm looking at three wide receivers who should see a lot of targets this week, in my opinion, and they're up against some below-average pass defenses. Uh, I got, uh, I guess you could say two top-tier guys, one mid-tier. I got Keenan Allen, 7,900, going against the Raiders. Uh, Mike Evans, 6,900, which I think is too low for Mike Evans. Uh, I mean, Mike Evans is 6,900 against a a bad cardinals defense. Um I mean I granted he's going to get Patrick Peterson, but still I think Mike Evans is a total freak of nature and I think that he'll outperform anyone he's matched up against. And then uh, I like I like Marvin Jones uh, for the Lions just given the way that that, uh, that game should go. I you know it's just two passing offenses duking it out in New Orleans. Um he's only 4600. I think that he's had a rather lackluster past couple weeks so teams might be or people might be off of him. Um and I think that if people are going to roster a Detroit Lions wide receiver they're going to be looking more towards Golden Tate than Marvin Jones. Mo you're
0: up.
2: Devonte Adams 5700. This is another spot where um the you know you look at Xavier Rhodes you expect him to probably lock up Jordy and Devontae is just way too cheap. He's cheaper than Randall Cobb. I don't understand that. He should be the top red zone option for the Packers uh, in this game. And he's proven his red zone chops. You saw him catch the game-winning touchdown against Dallas. I just think this price, you know, I'm expecting some decent ownership here, but this price is just just way too cheap for me. And then, man, if you want to go ultra-devil, Ricardo Lewis from the Browns. Old, I believe the old Florida Gator from back in the day. 3900 he's priced at. Eight targets and nine targets the last two weeks. It looks like this isn't a Rashard Higgins situation where he got those 12 targets or whatever and then completely disappeared. Lewis has done it two weeks in a row now. Looks like he's establishing himself as the top option there. We've already talked about the weakened Houston defense. Um, You know, I know I said... Kevin Hogan, you can you can go uh, naked there, no stack, and I think you definitely can. If you do want to stack him, it looks like Ricardo Lewis might be an option. But but that being said, you know, you I just don't know how likely it is that he's going to score. But from a pure PPR standpoint, uh, I think there's a good chance he can get the value here.
0: Are you worried about ownership with Devontae Adams?
2: Yeah, I said I think he people will will click on Devonte. Um, but this price is just, just too cheap, man. I mean, that said, you know, the the fantasy lab projection only has him at five to eight percent owned. I would be surprised if it's that low, but if it is, I'm
0: all in. Wow, that that would be criminally low. How can how can it be priced below Randall Kopp? Yeah, I just don't understand that. That doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. Here, here's an interesting nugget from. DVOA, which I I I don't I, I don't understand how this is possible against other receivers. So not the first or second option. I'm assuming this is mainly in the slot. The Jets are somehow sixth in the league, even though something Buster is in the nickel for most of the time defending. So th- this is telling me that my eyes are wrong. But I I don't want to believe that my eyes are wrong because I think something Buster screen is is the absolute woe. So. I really like Danny Amendola this week against the Jets. Fifty six hundred. They again the the high team implied team total twenty eight and a half points. I mean he. I don't know how the Jets stop Amendola. I mean he feels like a guaranteed eight for eighty, and then you hope he gets into the end zone. They have no. They've they've lived, lived, literally no way of stopping him right now. Coverage linebackers are a joke, Buster is a joke, and I think it's pretty fair to say that he is running the Edelman routes in this offense. Is is that a fair statement, DP? Uh,
1: I mean, more so than anyone, yeah. I mean, the problem with Amendola is you're just risking the fact that he's going to break in half one day.
0: Oh, yeah. He could certainly, I mean, it could, it could be first quarter, Damian Amendola laying on the turf, writhing in pain. Like, that's certainly... The I think of-
1: more so, you know... He doesn't run all the Edelman routes. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Hogan runs some of them. Uh, Amendola doesn't run a ton of them. I think the Patriots just know that he has the, the possibility to, to break in half. But more importantly, you know, come the end of the game, if the Patriots ever need it or they need a big third down conversion, that's where Brady's looking. He's looking to Danny Amendola. And if there's any sort of hindrance to Gronkowski this week coming off of that injury to his thigh – I mean, I like Amendola even more, especially at that price point. I'm also
0: looking expensive for the same reason I like Ty Montgomery. I like looking at the other side of the ball at Stephon Diggs. I think the red Q next to him might make people hesitate a little bit, especially people that may have had him this previous week and season long or even in a night game where he catches one pass and then is on the sideline getting his thigh massage so I think there might be a bad taste in fantasy owner's mouth and what an amazing matchup against the Packers Stefan Diggs can have and then I'm going with a player that may make Mo log off of the podcast he might just hit the red button on his google hangout call put his headset down and storm all the way back to Nebraska after this I like Marius Thomas this week Mo uh I think his touchdown production is coming. Uh, He is, compared to Emmanuel Sanders, they have pretty equal catches and yards, but Sanders has been the guy to get into the end zone, and I think that positive regression or progression is coming. For DT, I think people are going to be afraid of the matchup with the Giants. I think my only fear here is that the Broncos destroy the Giants so much that they're just salting the clock away for the second half but at six thousand I mean <laughs> I don't know how you can get a better player for this low of a price I just think he's for for his talent and for his ability I think six thousand is just free
2: yeah I'm not a fan of that play <laughs> I don't see any reason uh the Chargers are going to be or the uh the Broncos are just going to be throwing a bunch in this game uh, man Whew. That game could be ugly.
0: How's that game not 14?
2: I kind of think it should be as well.
0: <laughs> I can't wait till we have minus 11.5 on the card tomorrow. Uh, tight ends. Mo, we'll go to you first. Give us some tight ends.
2: First of all, I like Austin Safarian Jenkins. He's 4,300. He uh, Facing the Patriots, he might be the most talented wide receiver. I, I guess not wide receiver, sorry. The most talented receiver on the team, quite possibly in a shootout against the Patriots, who have been, as you said, Rich, subpar below below what you would want against tight ends. They're twenty fourth in the league, according to football outsiders. And from a pure fantasy point perspective, um 29th in allowing tight end points. So really good spot for ASJ. I do think he'll be relatively popular, but it's a good spot nonetheless. I don't think he's going to be too too popular. And then another one I really like this. This is my super devil of the week. This is this could be a new segment. Mo's min price tight end of the week. Something. Tyler Higby. Uh oh. Eight targets and six targets the past two weeks. Uh, if you didn't know, which you probably don't, he plays for the Rams. They get Jacksonville, but the matchup is horrifying. I will come out and just submit that right away. But um, this might be the last week you can get Tyler Higby at the minimum. He's clearly in the circle of trust there for Jared Goff and for that coaching staff. As he's seeing 50 snaps a week, and more importantly, he was on the field for that last You know, valiant attempt at a game-winning drive. So if you're throwing some tight end who the casual fan has never heard of onto the field for this drive, that indicates to me that he is in the circle of trust for this coaching staff and can be expected to be on the field in most cases. Uh, Even caught a 40-yard strike on that drive. Something T-Higby. Nobody is going to have him, guys.
0: Click him once or twice. Donnie. Give us some tight ends. Mo's been killing it with the tight end, so we got to come strong.
1: Mo's been killing it with the tight ends named Tyler. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You know I love my tight ends, so I'll bring you three this week. Uh, Number one, $2,900, Mr. Zach Miller. Miller saw seven targets in Trubitsky's first game, um, including one that was for a touchdown. I think he looks really good. Uh, The Ravens are ranked 32nd uh, in DVOA against tight ends and are giving up more than 14 points uh, to the opposition. Um, at that position on average um, and I think that you know the tight end always proves to be sort of that that safety blanket for uh, a young QB uh, and I think that we're going to see a lot of that uh, this week uh, for the Bears. Uh, second up a uh, little bit pricier Austin Hooper. Uh, Rich I mean you said you think Atlanta is going to just totally ravage Miami. Um, I think the same. Um, if if you, Julio Jones is, is going to be any sort of hindered uh, with that hip injury. I mean, it looks like he's coming back to practice. It looks like he'll be all right. Okay, fine. Um, But Mohamed Sanu, on the other hand, he hasn't returned to practice yet as of yesterday. So if he's out, those targets are going to need to go elsewhere. I think that the Falcons are just going to throw the ball all over the field. I really like Austin Hooper uh, to get a lot of of targets, a lot of points this week, uh, and he has that big play potential. And then Lastly, uh, four hundred or five hundred dollars higher than Hooper is Ryan Griffin at four thousand. Price is a bit higher, I know, but the Browns have been absolutely abysmal against tight ends this year, and you know, like uh, Zach Miller can be a safety blanket for Mitch Trubisky, uh, Ryan Griffin can be that safety blanket for uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, he can look off uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and he can look at. Uh, Ryan Griffin. So, I'm going to have those three tight ends uh, across many of my lineups this week.
0: When it comes to tight end, I keep it as simple as possible. I target Baltimore, Cleveland, and Washington. They are uh the the worst three teams in the league at defending the tight end. So, Zach Miller as Donnie noted, 2900 will certainly be one of the players that I'm targeting against The Baltimore Ravens, Uh, I'm a little afraid in a DFS setting about rostering our boy, Kerry Kittles, George Kittle, tight end of the Niners, because he had such a big game that I think he might be a little chalky at his $3,400 price. But if you're in season long and you are streaming tight ends, he's got a nice matchup against Washington. And then, of course, Cleveland, that's the big bugaboo: is that there is no real tight end that's super sexy in uh, in the Houston offense. Um, so, uh, if you want to get really devil, you can go Ryan Griffin, as uh, as Donny noted. But I think I'm going to defer to the first option of Zach Miller, uh, as Donnie would say, "Click it and stick it." What do you have the labs pulled up still, Mo? Is is Kerry Kittles going to be? Highly owned at tight end this week, they have him five to eight percent. That's pretty high. They actually have Ryan
2: Griffin nine to twelve. See, that's but it's,
0: that's insane.
2: I know. I you know <laughs> I think that's a little a little high. I don't know. But Donnie, now that Donnie mentioned Griffin, I started think Man, if I fire any Watson sacks, I might try to sack him with Griffin.
0: Nine to twelve percent on Ryan Griffin is bad shit. Crazy.
1: I mean, I think I think Ryan Griffin is. I mean, he's not fairly well-known, but he's well-known enough. But I just don't think people are going to be clicking on something Ryan Griffin, you know, when they can they can click a lot better options. Moe's option, I think Austin Safarian Jenkins is, is a good play. And then Hunter Henry, uh, I think, is, is an all right play this week, too, uh, for, for most people, uh, not for me. Um, but uh, I'll avoid those two and go with Ryan Griffin. If it was Fedora Goat, maybe.
0: I think people have heard C.J. Fedorowicz's name more often than Ryan Griffin, but I don't think there's a chance in hell that Ryan Griffin is 92%. People just have no idea who that human being is. Donnie brought up the Muhammad Sanu injury briefly as well. Uh, I wanted to mention that if he does not go, I love Taylor Gabriel at 4,600 at wide receiver. He's the, he's the binary output guy. He's like Robbie Anderson he's only going to get a few touches but if he maximizes on them he's going to find the end zone twice and and give you a big dk day all right let's finish strong with defense dp give us some
1: i gotta stick with that that game down in down in the dirty the dirty south in in atlanta i mean it's it's gonna be a bit chalky but miami is a disaster on offense uh, especially in the passing game so i really don't expect them to be able to one stay with the Falcons two put up any sort of points that it ruins anything. And I could, I could see Jay Cutler throwing at least one interception, if not two or three uh, if he is forced to chuck the ball all over the field and stay with the the, the Falcons offense. I mean, they're a little bit pricier. They're at 3,500, you know, but I think I'm just going to bite the bullet, eat the chalk a little bit here. Uh, And the other team I'm looking at is a much more affordable option, the Chicago Bears at 2700. I think the Ravens are going to be pretty popular this week um, at home against a rookie QB. Uh, But I'm going to look at the other side of the ball because Joe Flacco is not good. He's not a good quarterback. He's only thrown four touchdown passes this year and he's thrown six interceptions. Uh, The Ravens as a team on offense are averaging just under uh, 290 yards of total offense per game. And Flacco's at around 165 passing yards per game. I mean, that's just just bad. And the team is averaging uh, 18 points a game. So I don't look for the Ravens to be high scoring. I don't look for them to put up a lot of yards and just get off and running. So give me some of that Bears offense. Give me some of that that team that's going to go against a bad quarterback that just sits there in the pocket. Hopefully they can sack him a bit. Hopefully they can make him turn the ball over. And as a little bit of a wild card, could we get a Tariq Cohen punt return? Could that happen? I mean, that guy is, is a freak when he gets the ball in his hands and just runs around. So I don't put it out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, Flacco.
0: And Flacco throws the head scratcher a lot. So definitely a devil spot with Chicago. Mo, give us some defense.
2: So proud of you, Donnie. I also have the Bears at 2,700 here. Same reason you outlined, man. I mean, everyone's going to be clicking the Ravens here. They are, to me, the chalk defense. They will, I think, be the number one owned defense. Guys, the Bears will be less than 3% owned. I can almost promise you that in a beautiful spot here against just Flacco's a disaster. This Ravens offense is so bad. And this Bears' events, for the most part, just look pretty solid. Uh, and then we get Tariq Cohen as a returner. I love it. The Bears are my number one play this week on defense. Another side I really like is the Bucs. Uh Man, anytime you can fade Palmer for... I think what are they? the Bucks are like 2600 That's just ridiculous. Anytime you can fade Palmer for this cheap, this puke offense, they can't run the ball at all, and it just... It just makes Palmer get in the most predictable, obvious passing spots. Defenses can just pin their ears back and come after this guy, and he can't move. It's it's a brutal combination for this Cards O, and because of that, I think you got to target them. And Tampa Bay is, yeah, only 2,600. One of the top options for me this week. I'll be clicking them. I'll be clicking the Bears. I'll be looking to save money on defense with those two.
0: If I'm going to pay up and go a little chalkier, I think you need to have some exposure to the Falcons at 3500 The Miami offense has been as bad as possible. Cutler is prone to throw the absolute head-scratcher. And the Falcons' defense, coming off a bye, their front four has looked amazing. They're getting to the quarterback, and the back end is playing phenomenal as well. So I think you need to have some exposure to them. And then my devil play, can I interest anybody in the Cleveland Browns at 2300 is Desha- Deshaun Watson's gonna come back to earth, right? Like he's not just gonna walk out and throw five touchdowns every game. Uh, we've got the number one overall pick back on the field. His first snap as a Browns player, he gets into the backfield. Miles Garrett gets the sack. I mean, he looks like a terror already. I think I was totally wrong on Friday's podcast last week when I didn't think he could just wreck immediately upon stepping onto the field, and he did. Texans offensive line, still a disaster. The Browns, they're at least good against the run, uh, but that might be just because they're so bad against the pass that nobody has to run against them. But I don't know. I just I don't trust Deshaun Watson yet. I think he played a, a subpar game against the Chiefs and was bailed out by some big plays. And I could see Jabril Peppers, Christian Kirksey, and these guys forcing some turnovers and uh, maybe even finding the end zone once or twice.
1: I think you're just running the risk that, you know, the Texans put up a lot of points, but um the Browns have had a lot of points put up on them all year and they've still um done decent on defense. Uh and you know, anytime you get a mobile quarterback like a Deshaun Watson, um you're going to get sacks because he's somebody who's going to try and extend plays. Um and I think that that can bode well for them. And then I mean he he also throws some head scratchers a few a game. I mean, he's just he's young, he's he's kind of wild. So there could be some picks uh, coming there for the Browns.
0: All right. And that's the show. Follow us on Twitter at Gamble. Send your super contest picks to Podcast at gmail.com. And be sure to check out the website for the Moose of the Week and Four Downs. It is, of course, GridironGamble.com. We'll see you tomorrow for our super contest selections. Enjoy the football tonight. Peace house.